And welcome back to Now Screaming. I'm Liz Smart. And I'm Evan Culbertson. And we're watching horror movies. And we want to tell you about them. <laughs> so jarring. <laughs> Both of us are like, Ugh. How do we do this? No, so like we said in our last episode, we're going to start doing in-between episodes that are not part of the core Now Screaming roulette experience. Yeah. And it's a very specific experience. We're going to talk about just horror movies that we're watching, because we watch a lot of them that we don't roll on the roulette or choose for podcast purposes. Yeah. So in terms of what you can expect from this, fair to say these are probably going to be shorter. Shorter. We're going to talk about multiple films per episode. We're not going to do... And less like run through of entire things and more like, hey, here's some stuff you should check out. Specifically with recommendations. I don't think that if we watch something and we hate it... We're probably not going to talk about it unless, unless we really hate it. Unless we really hate it, and or unless fun. it's like the big horror thing right. going on right, right now. Right, right, right. If there's a big blockbuster uh, that yeah. everyone in the horror community is talking about, we might come on and talk about it, even though we're not terribly fond of it. Yeah. But generally, I think this is a space for recommendations and excitement, and just sharing cool stuff we're watching that we think that you should also be excited about. Yep, because we're all constantly watching horror. This week, we're going to lean a little heavily on Shudder, who, as we've said <laughs> well, before... They're releasing a lot. They're doing a great job. They're killing it. We're not sponsored by them. But we, we should be. We would love to be. Shudder, call us. So I hope that you have Shudder. Because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> this podcast is... This episode you should get Shudder. You should I mean, get like, Shudder. All the things we're going to talk about, I specifically the first thing we're going to talk about, I want like all my friends to watch it. I want everyone to watch this movie. And the fact that like a lot of people I know don't have Shudder, I'm like, get Shudder. It's so good. Even if you're not like a massive, massive horror person, there's enough on there that is like amazing and fun. And there's amazing documentaries. I think we've already talked about some documentaries we watched on Shudder that I highly recommend for like everyone. So like, just get Shudder. Just do it. I do think that they just raise their price oops to seven dollars a month oh well so if you could spend seven dollars a month on, you pay yearly also is it like pay, less if you pay it's way less yearly i think it's like 55 buy yearly. a year of shutter do it nothing honestly as, a, as horror fans that i think most of our audience is nothing could be more worth it i agree. their library is immense they have a huge Super backlog extensive. of stuff yeah that other streaming services one wouldn't bother to carry they have great curation and their original programming which is what we're going to talk about today, is really, really good. Uh, both series and... God, this is just a Shutter ad. I know. I, just I literally realized... was about thinking, like, we're not sponsored by Shutter. Okay. No one is paying us. Actually, but, like, you know, legitimately, no one's paying us for this. We're telling you this out of the actual feelings that we have for Shutter, so you can trust it. It's not sponsored. It's real. They're really good. Anyway. Uh, the first movie we're going to talk about is Host 2020. Uh, directed by Rob Savage. It is a Zoom horror movie, yeah. which is just... I know I, I know that it's controversial. I feel like there are people who are like, it's too soon to make uh, coronavirus quarantine movies. And I think that's honestly a um, case-by-case basis. Because I thought... I, th- I think this was like very excellently done. It is... And for what it's worth, this movie is not about coronavirus it's not but it is it there is a, it has the quarantine vibe it is like it's what six friends yeah well we shall say it's shot uh in in quarantine entirely in completely zoom. remotely yep it takes place over zoom the characters in the film are under quarantine and 
That factors so, like, in. It's it not. Is, it it's is not relevant. about that, sure, but it's it relevant. Part of the plot. It is not. The plot of the movie is not about coronavirus. Sure. And I think that's what people are upset about pre pre like prematurely. Uh, I don't know. I've seen some other other things that people are upset about that I disagree with. Anyway, I you, I, not I would the like point. to say this is probably the best reviewed movie of any genre of the year. Really? Yeah, it's it's let me check its rotten tomatoes while we're talking about it, but like this, which is also why I'm re- recommending it. I was thinking like I think the only people who haven't seen this at this point are people who don't have Shutter yet. Correct. It has 100% on rotten tomatoes yet. with 80 reviews. Or no, sorry, 50 reviews. This is this is most people's favorite movie of the year who are in this yeah. community. Well, it's fantastic. I just want to say that up front. It's really, really, really excellent. It terrified the living shit out of me. Um, there's just something about it. I mean, it, it's it's perfectly of the time because it has the Zoom, you know, it's, yeah. it's on Zoom and that's how a lot of us spend a lot of our time. And it's basically to just, you know, to give a quick plot summary, six friends... Is it, is it seven with Teddy or six? I don't remember. There's their college friends. Um, they are going to, I don't remember all of their names. There's many of them. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> they are going to do a Zoom seance. Just one for of, fun. One of them has like done it several times and she has a specific like, you know, seance connection um, who she's going to bring in virtually to like guide them in the seance. And as you would imagine, things go awry. Seances are not a good idea. Even online seances. Um, But it, it really, really utilizes the medium, which is all I ask for in like found footage, things like this. Especially these digital ones. You know, we covered the den for the podcast and we thought that also did a good job. Um, It reminded me a lot of the den. Yeah. uh, Which I also was a movie that terrified me. I mean, the internet is scary. (laughs) It's really, it's really scary. And there's lots of really interesting ways to use the medium of zoom. Um, Not, not, you know, this movie's only an hour long because that's how long you can use Zoom for free. So, like, that's just an unbelievable use of the medium. Yeah. It's excellent. I, I can't say enough good things about it. I want to watch it again. I love it. And it is of the times. It's, it, like, it's not, it's not just a quarantine horror movie. There are factors of it that I feel, like, just very close to as a movie that I watched while this is still happening, not after. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. It's it feels like it's just I don't know. I loved it. I loved I loved it. I can't say enough good things. Get Shutter and watch it. I don't have much more to say other than yeah, I agree. The next film we talk about was released even more recently on Shutter, <laughs> and it's called La Llorona. Not, not to, to be, be confused, confused with, with the Curse <laughs> of ya- La Llorona. Yeah. The Curse of La Llorona. R- ya- lo- what is it? It's La La Llorona. Yep. This film is Guatemalan. It was directed by Jairo Bustamante. And it is not quite as good as Host. Yeah, which is very with Host. We should say that. So if you're expecting another just wall-to-wall banger, <laughs> this isn't quite that. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's. I think it's good. It's good bordering on great. I think the, the thing about it that's so interesting, the thing that makes it a little bit different from just kind of your classic... Um, La Llorona film, which I, d- I did not see The Curse of La Llorona, but I imagine that was more um, straight up what you'd expect. This is very political. And... Well, it's about... It, well, it's about... It's kind of about... As coronavirus is the backdrop for... Uh, host. Host. Uh, a real Guatemalan genocide uh, is the backdrop of this, though this takes place mm-hmm. some years later. And it's about 
a, a general, a military dictator, being put on trial for... Genocide. G- literal genocide. Yeah. Um, he is found guilty, and then due to some health complications, he ends up being put in his house. Uh, well, it, what do you mean put in his house? It's, it's the health complications, and then also there's an unbelievable amount of riots um, outside of his house. Riots and protests, and... Well, he ends up being... He ends up getting off, basically, for the genocide. Does he? Yes, he gets off easy, basically. And he's under... I think he's under house arrest. I can't tell. It's... It wasn't really clear to me whether he's under house arrest or whether he just got off scot-free because of his health concerns. I don't think so. I thought he was... I thought he was awaiting, uh, like, imprisonment. Maybe after the health complications were over. The reason it's complicated is because he has, like, a heart attack or something during the... Trial. Trial. But I, I I didn't feel like he got off because of that. I thought it was just that, like, you know, he's rich enough and powerful enough that he's not going to go straight to prison. He's going to, like, I don't know, have some time. Regardless, he spends some time in his house. Most of this movie takes place at his estate, and he is haunted. He has and a I, new housekeeper. I don't know how much we want to go into... I think that's enough. Um, he has a new, he has a new housekeeper and she's creepy. It's like what you'd expect. She's got very very long black hair, um, and she's sexy in a really dark way. Uh, and she, you know, it all goes from there. I think this movie is really smart about uh, guilt and trauma and uh, reckoning with the guilt of past choices, both for this sort of antagonist protagonist. Uh, as well as the other people in his family, and they yeah, I was gonna, deal I with the weight of... I wouldn't call him the protagonist. I think that he is the antagonist, as much as the movie will allow him when it's a horror movie that where he's not like the villain. Um, but his, his daughter and his wife are the ones, I feel like, who are doing the most reckoning with what he's done, because the, the, the uh, daughter, who has a daughter of her own is clearly very torn about it. She sees all these people outside, but she also wants to keep her family safe. And the mother, uh, his wife, is extremely like, no, it's lies. It's political lying. They're just trying to swing it for their party. They'll say anything to, you know, make him look bad. Like, but she has to deal with it, um, you know, in all of these different ways that are both metaphorical and, and real. So... I think that was I that's what really worked for me was this reckoning not just with your misdeeds but with your family's misdeeds the misdeeds of ones that you love. Do you want to talk about what maybe didn't work for you? Cuz personally I'll speak to I think it's a little slow in the middle. I think that it uh becomes very atmospheric in mm-hmm. a way that I respect, but I wanted more scares from this movie. Oh, I wanted yeah. I wanted to be freaked out more or unsettled more. Because the atmosphere is more about the the guilt and the tension of that rather than fear of this housekeeper or of right. the ghost or of La Llorona. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't do a lot with fear until the very end, which I actually think is very good. It's a very, very good ending. Mm-hmm. But there's a the lot in really the middle strong. of this movie that felt very meandering. I, I still recommend agree it. with that. Just want to no, clarify. I completely agree I with that, it. though. And it, it, it never gets, like, bad. It's never a bad movie. And it's also specifically doing something I feel like really interesting with La Llorona. Like, I know the legend of La Llorona. I don't know that you have to to go into this movie, but if you do, then you are coming in with uh, seeing how they are twisting and changing it yeah. in a way that I loved. 
Um, but I think you're right that it's, it never, it just never gets to that level where you're like, I'm scared and the filmmaking is incredible. Like it just sort of like coasts through the middle. And then as, as you said, I think it has a very strong ending. Good stuff though. I liked it. The next movie we're going to talk about is a documentary called In Search of Darkness. Also on Shudder. Also on Shudder. <laughs> this is not an ad for Shudder. Um, also a 2020 documentary. Planet Festival's last year, but uh, wide release on Shudder, I believe, in June. Gotcha. And directed by David Weiner. Um, this is a documentary about 80s horror. It's cataloging basically all of the big horror movies de- uh, year by year of the decade. And a lot of clips, a lot of talking heads. Um just really, really exhaustive, excellent stuff. So that's the first thing I would say is that this is <laughs> long. four hours and 45 minutes long. Yeah, we did not watch it in one go at all. It is the opposite of Host, which is under an hour. And just like, <laughs> it's perfect. Host is so good for its succinctness. It yes. uses its runtime really well. And it doesn't run into the issue that happens with a lot of films where due to contracts, either distribution or like even with the actors, that it has to be a certain runtime to play in theaters. Host isn't trying to play in theaters right yeah. now. And so, as I just said, La Llorona probably could have benefited from a 30-minute cut. Absolutely. But films <laughs> films are feature-length for a reason, and it's yes. usually due to contracts. Right. This film is as long as a movie I've ever seen. And it's because it is the most exhaustive look at 80s horror imaginable. Yeah. Exhaustive makes it sound bad. It's Excellent. It's, not it's excellently exhaustive. It's exhaustively uh, good <laughs> curated. Yeah. So yeah, it's just um, not a lot to say about this. It's a lot of talking head interviews and a lot of clips. I one of my favorite details about it is that they show trailers or like a, a short five to ten second clip from yeah. a trailer before they start talking about the movie. And it's just so fun to see how these things were marketed at the time. Yes, it's so fun. It's It's got that excellent, um, you just hear that man movie voice yeah. like over and over and over again, like in a world where werewolves roam free. You know, yeah. like it's just so fun. I, oh God, I loved it. It felt like, it's exactly what I'm always looking for with horror where I really want to know the history. And... It's really funny, actually. I went back recently and I listened to um, one of our episodes from 2016, which is hilarious. Our Reanimator episode, actually. And I was so hard on it. I was so hard on Reanimator. Um, and it's because I was still in the beginning of my like horror journey in a lot of ways. Um, you know, old listeners of the podcast will recall um, my defenses of really bad 2000s remakes. Um, and I, but I, I didn't have the the background to talk about uh, them or their predecessors. And this is such a good watch for someone, if you're like me, who like didn't have a lot of experience with 80s horror until recently or at all. Like this was so interesting for me to watch and really understand the decade and what made the decade and then what was going to come in the 90s because of this decade. I agree. It does a lot of good good work to contextualize for... I guess a first-time viewer or someone who hasn't... You can appreciate this even if you haven't seen a lot of the films, No, I, I think. I haven't seen a lot of them, but I it was still really enjoyable for me. And it made and it put ones on my list, you know? Like, yeah. it made me interested in ones that I would never have heard of before. And if it isn't long enough, there's a part two coming in October of this year. <laughs> it's just stuff that they couldn't put in the first one, right? I, that's what I would assume. I think that's what given, I heard. Given the proximity to the first one coming right. out... 
because I want 90s ones so bad. It's like my dream. God, I want a 90s one so badly because I, I, I think that it would also, as I already said, I think it would contextualize the decade for me in a way that I would just love to see. Also, because obviously there's like, there's no scream here. There's no, they talk about a lot of the nightmare movies, but no new nightmare. And so like, I just, I'm not a lot of the Chuckies, you know, and like I just I, want more. I, I want, understand why ugh. this is limited to the eighties. Of course. I fully agree with you. Yes, it has, it, nice, it has a very specific, but like the eighties in horror is of such an important time and yes. it's such a time of changes and evolution and, uh, solidifying a lot of things that we take for granted today. And just like all of the practical monster effects, oh, yeah. like an unbelievable. And again, something that I did not like or appreciate for a very long time. It really took me a long time to get on board with stuff that now to us, 30 years later, looks 30 years, 40 years. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's 2020. Sorry. Having a moment. Um, 40 years later, it looks so hokey, but like it was so uh, groundbreaking at the time and still holds up in a lot of situations. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. I mean, yeah, if you have some time. We watched it in, what, like four sittings, probably? I know y'all binge-watch television shows. <laughs> you can break this up. You can make it work. Yeah, because especially that, like, there's really easy ways to just be like, okay, I'm going to stop after 1984. Exactly, And then you yeah. just stop. You know, it's it was hard. I think, you know, when, like, you know, movies like The Irishman came out and everyone was trying to find easy ways to break it up, and I was like, there are no easy ways to break it up. There just sit are through it. easy ways to break this up. <laughs> Very different experience from the Irishman. Yeah. Coming in November from Criterion. <laughs> this is not an ad for Criterion. Last thing we want to talk about is uh, a short film we just saw. Yeah, we were lucky enough to see. Yeah, from Monstrous Femme Films, written, directed, and produced by Hannah Mae Cumming and Carly Boone. Uh, it's a short film called Camp Calypso. It is currently in festivals. It'll be playing Crypticon uh, at the end of September and then Out for Blood in Cambridge. Uh, or actually online, I guess, uh, in October. <laughs> and then it should come online sometime early next year. But it's great. And specifically, we wanted to talk about it because we wanted to shout out Monstrous Femme. They have another short film called Fanatico that we haven't watched yet. I really want to, That both though. of us are excited about. I'm really excited about Monstrous Femme films. I, like, I read a bunch about them, you know, when we uh, watched this short. And I'm just really excited. They're They're trying to, you know make their way in horror in a in a feminist and queer way that I obviously like just deeply love and respect and I'm so excited for like everything that they choose to do. Um I I just cannot wait to watch their other short and for this to come out and for everyone to see it and love it. Yeah, we'll talk about this definitely more when it's publicly available. I think I agree that like this this queer feminist like spin on specifically on like retro tropes yes seems the thing that they're interested in and i live for that shit yeah i love taking specifically like i we talked about this podcast i'm a huge fan of these 70s films I, their other short film i believe is they called it neo giallo and like that's so up your alley that's where i live but obviously there are ways to improve yeah and when you watch those you have to be like i guess it was of the times like yeah so i'm really, I'm really interested this, in so it yeah their work specifically in in camp calypso which is about uh, basically the legacy, I don't want to spoil it, it's a short film, so we can't talk too much about it. Yeah. Uh, the legacy of this summer camp, you know, we've all seen these summer these camp summer horror camp movies, movies yeah. slasher movies. But this one's monster more than slasher. More than slasher, yeah. yeah which the I effects love. are love killer. Monster. 
the production values the production are so value good, especially for this budget. Incredible. Like, oh my God. I was not expecting to be blown away by like, you know, just ha- like how high quality this short was. And like, honestly, like a couple performances in this, like made me laugh out loud multiple times because they <laughs> yes. were just really reveling, like leaning into, oh, I'll mention the, um, the camp, the camp of the camp, the camp That's... of the camp, the camp of 70s camp horror movies. The uh, camp director um, is a, Pete. <laughs> Pete is a mustache twirling, almost uh, like sort of ridiculous character who wears sunglasses at night. And I was just so delighted by like what a shithead he was. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so great. It's a really good short. Well, again, we'll talk about this again, but uh, we just watched it. We wanted to shout it out. Yeah. Thank you, Monstrous Femme, for doing what you're doing. Literally, the Lord's work. Anything else you've been watching? Just to mention, not to talk about? I don't know. Oh, Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah? That's horror. That you know, just started? It's, it's in our, yeah. I think that that was like a fun, um, I one, I love a week-to-week show. Like, genuinely, I think that it's... It's nice to not have to binge it's something. It's so nice. Or I else you lose the conversation. Binging. I hate it. I hate it so much. So thank you, HBO, for always releasing your shit week to week. I love, a, especially, is this Sunday nights again? Or it is, this, is Sunday nights. I love a I love Sunday night show. The Watchmen slot, the Insecure slot. Like, it's all just so good. Thank you. Thank you, HBO. This is not an ad for HBO. <laughs> HBO sponsor us. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying Love Country so far. I did not read the book. I don't have you. I'm not bringing in your hangups, but I really like it. Yeah, so I read far. the book and I uh, didn't like it that much, but I read it and thought this is going to be a great TV show. <laughs> and it is so far. It is one episode in. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love fan. the actors in it, so I'm just I'm super excited. And there's we got we 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 glimpsed some monsters. I love monsters. I love them too. Tentacles, you know. <laughs> That made it sound hornier than I meant it to. I did. It's I'm not horny for them. Just yeah. regular, regular love them. I've been watching some David Cronenberg movies. Oh yeah, he's good. You haven't been watching the horror ones though. Have no, you? I've been watching his uh, <laughs> history of violence. His his two uh, thousands dramas. So weird. And uh, well, I just watched Crash too, which is also not really a horror film. I don't know. I'm catching up with the Cronenberg that I hadn't seen. The stuff that I had seen was a lot of the body horror stuff, yeah. like The Brood and The Fly, and you know, Scanners. Yeah, so now I'm watching, you know, I guess Dead Ringers is kind of body horror. I don't know. I'm watching. I'm just catching up on Cronenberg. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. Big, good guy. Good guy. <laughs> Come out of retirement, please. They talk about him a lot in In Search of Darkness. They do. He's not in it, though. I wonder why not. That's true. You do get to see a lot of John Carpenter, though, in his mustache. Anyway, that's what we're watching. Yeah. We don't have a good closer for this. We didn't plan ahead at we all. We did not plan. Oh, we also wanted to say, if uh, anybody thinks of a really good name for these side episodes... Yeah, maybe we'll do a poll. We brainstormed a lot of puns and thoughts, and none of them really stuck. No. So, if you have suggestions, because... You're all smarter than Crowdfunding us. is always the right way to go. <laughs> uh, let us know if you think of something clever. And yeah. we will use it and credit you and thank you a lot. And be grateful forever. All right. I guess we say stay spooky. You want to say stay spooky? Stay spooky, everybody. Stay spooky.